All right, welcome back to my channel, Family Tech, where you get all the tech tips, news, and information to help you understand and manage the technology in your home. Today's guest is Titania Jordan, which I love. She is um, the CMO of Barker. It was like, I, I never remember your title there. There's a couple of them. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so let my audience know like what it is exactly you do and how awesome you are for all of this social media, everything for our kids. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really thoroughly um, not only enjoy, but appreciate your content. You know, there's a few people that I religiously follow online um, because they have such good content. And of course, you're one of them. So thank you. Um, I, as you said, I'm the, the CMO, which means chief marketing officer. But a lot of times I go by chief parenting officer of Bark Technologies. And that latter title is because just when you're in a startup, you wear a lot of hats, right? Um, some days I'm giving input on product. Other days I'm talking with customer success, uh, design, like uh, all the hats, right? So, and I'm a mom, so that that fits. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're very busy online. I mean, I mean, your channel is great as well. You produce content both on the Bark channel and on just like your own branded um, channels as well. So definitely check her out. She's got awesome content as well. So sharing all the things we want about safety and things for our kids. So super important, I think. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So what is so important to keep in mind when installing parental controls? Because that's a lot of feedback I get. I mean, I get so many comments on my channel from kids, like saying how terrible I am for giving parents this information and everything. So like what's important to keep in mind when installing parental controls? Where to be? <laughs> All the things. Yeah. So what I will say is that Bark is different in that, and our team's premise is different in that we do not advocate for being, you know, full on helicopter parents, of which I am a recovering helicopter parent, <laughs> uh, and you know. S spying and, and going into everything and always being all up in your kid's business. Be, you know, it's cumbersome. It is intrusive. They do not have any privacy and you're not going to build a relationship with them. The point is to build a relationship with them. It's why at Bark, we only send parents alerts around potentially concerning and problematic content, right? We're not giving you a full mirror or copy of everything they're doing online. Um, but we are going to let you know about dangers. And that's just, it's such an important premise for us. And I wanted to make sure people realize that I'm not advocating yeah. for spying on everything your kid does. Agreed. I will say caveat that a lot of times our kids do get into some really deep stuff and they're not going to always tell us about it. And chances are it's living deep buried within, you know, their smartphones and their accounts. And you shouldn't hesitate to go digging if you're worried about your child. Absolutely. You need to help protect your child, right? So there's that. It's, it's a balance. Um, I will also say that, I mean, it's just, there's, there's so much here. Um, <laughs> but another thing is that a lot of parents will want to try to implement some parental controls and monitoring without talking to their kids about it. I really think that's a huge miss. Much like you don't keep seatbelts a secret or yeah. sunscreen a secret, right? Like it is clear that you are yeah. the parent. It's your job to keep them safe in real life with those things. 
same thing. It's your job as the parent to protect your kids and help them become responsible digital natives. And so communicate with them. Let them know, hey, I'm going to install this thing called Bark. It's like a carbon monoxide detector, but for your social media. We want you to know when there's some dangers. Otherwise, I'm going to stay out of your hair. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you said there with – I even did a reel about that too. Like, do not try and be sneaky about your parental controls. You know, make sure they understand exactly what you're doing. Because what happens when you do find something concerning? How are you going to approach that conversation? Like, Awkward. (laughs) Right? You're like, I just have a feeling that you said something online. Right. Yeah, just mother's intuition. You know, they're not going to buy that. And that's going to really break trust, you know, down the road. So, like, if you're going to try and be sneaky about it, you got to really think about those consequences down the road where you're like, oh, when I do find something, how would I even, like, do anything about it? Absolutely. And that reminds me of another thing I want to make sure people realize is that just because you get a bark alert about something doesn't mean you have to talk to your kid about that, right? Right. Pick and choose your battles because you're probably going to get a lot of alerts. Um, You know, when my son was younger, I just realized how just the words that that his friends were talking and saying, you know, and I was like, I I didn't talk like that at their age, but that's what they're doing. Right. And if I knocked on his door and bugged him about every F bomb that some friend said, like that would get old real quick. So, so fast pick and choose my battles. Right. Um, and save the conversations for things that are really important. And, um, again, I was talking about this last night, last night I was at the organization for social media safety gala. And unfortunately, we are seeing a rise in the rate of suicide amongst children. It's the second leading cause of death. And so there's a there's a balance here. And I don't quite have the answer for what to do. But, you know, you don't want to remove every obstacle from your child's path and just make their life so easy to never feel any pain that they can't handle it on their own. Right. But on the flip side, our kids are in so much pain right now and they are struggling unlike any other generation. So what is the balance? I'm hoping anybody listening and watching can chime in with what has worked for them. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys have any questions at all for me, for Titania, like feel free to put those in the chat. We'll we'll put them out on the screen and, and get to those as well. Um, but I love what you said, like with the talking to your kids, you don't have to talk about everything. And you know what? Sometimes when it's something funny, go ahead and talk to them about that. So one of my favorite examples is I got alerted from Bark that my son like had been looking up sexual content and I looked at it and it was, he was looking up bouncy balls and I know. And so I go to him and I'm like, you know, in my like fake mean tone, like Michael, you are in so much trouble. You had, I got an alert that said sexual content. He's like, what? I wasn't looking up anything. And then I showed him the alert and he was like laughing. He's like, oh my gosh, give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like having those fun conversations too, where they're like, okay, you are like paying attention. Yeah. So it's, you know, but you're not going to get mad at me when you just see that sexual content alert. You know, you're going to like, oh, okay, that actually wasn't really anything. Exactly. And also keep in mind, too, like our parents, you know, didn't have this sort of insight, right? Like when we were out with our friends, they didn't really know what we were doing unless we came home reeking of alcohol and cigarettes or, you know, so 
just keep in mind that our kids have unprecedented access, which is not the best for them, but we also have unprecedented access and we need to be responsible with that. Yeah. And I, I, similar, I relate that to exactly that. You know, I wrote notes and like folded them up in, you know, fun little foldy things, which I wouldn't even be able to replicate anymore. But <laughs> I know what you um, mean. Yeah. And pass those, you know, but nobody ever saw that content. And we have so much more access into like what our kids are communicating with each other now because of like the online world. Exactly. So it's, uh, it is truly a whole new world. There is no other parent has ever had to parent in a time like this. It's overwhelming. And that's taking it back to why I'm so thankful your content exists the, the Facebook groups that we're all a part of, including parenting in the tech world, it is hard. And we have yeah. got to lean on each other to, to figure out how to do this the right way. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of actually, I have, I'm going to be start doing some book reviews and this one's on my list. Oh my gosh, review. thank you. So if anybody hasn't read this one yet, put this on your list to pick up from Amazon. Um, she, see right there? She's author. a published author. Yeah. So, um, but I'm definitely going to review that on the YouTube page um, very soon. Thank um, you. If you see anything you don't like about it, ping me on the side first. <laughs> I'll fix it. We'll do. We'll do. Uh, hey, so I don't really like this part. Um, but so what is the difference? Like we're talking about kind of the helicopter there, mm -hmm. between management of a phone and monitoring a phone. And like, how right. important is it to do both or neither or whatever? Yeah. Well, just to start off from the like screen time aspect of it and making sure your child is getting enough sleep, making sure you're having those conversations about addiction and algorithms and how the blue light from the phone and the gamification of apps can really you know, that's a whole decade of conversations right there. For so sure. if you want to let your child have a healthy balance and relationship with tech, whether it's a screen, a tablet, a gaming console, a smart TV, whatever, make sure you're modeling a healthy balance with it as well. Yes. Um, make sure you are using the built-in free parental controls that come with whatever tech your kid has, you know, mm -hmm. limit that screen time, set those filters and talk about it. Talk about why, you know, right. I... Um, recently dialed back my son's access. He's 14 and he, he had a little too much access sure. and he wasn't sleeping at night and he goes to bed now later than I do because I, I need yeah. my sleep. So I'm like, same, same. 930 is my bedtime. My son is up until like 10. I, my son's going to be 14 next week. So it's yeah. similar. Age. So yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it all. I'm not super mom, right? right. I have to sleep uh, more than he does. So I'm like, look, I get it. You have trouble sleeping at night. But if you're on this thing or on these apps, it's going to make you not sleep even more. So I'm right. putting these restrictions. It's going to frustrate you, but read a book, draw a picture. Right. The dogs. <laughs> There's other things you can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I'm a little bit off topic, but. Um, oh, no, you're good. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Just management is like time limits for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, just management, time limits. Then please realize, because a lot of parents don't even realize that you can use tech to monitor your kids' devices and accounts. Their parents think, oh, monitoring, that means I have to go in and look at everything and I don't even know how to navigate the things, right? Good news. You don't have to do it all, nor do I recommend you do it all. Flip side. Be like a full-time job. <laughs> it is. It really yeah. is. I mean, you know, so two things there. One is if and when 
you do decide to let your child have access to something, a game, an app, or whatever, make sure you have gone into it first. Download it, get to know it, understand the landscape, right? You don't drop your kid off at the mall or airport without ever having stepped foot there before or really ever do that on their own anyway, right? So don't introduce them to something that lets them access everybody in the entire world and lets everybody in the entire world access them. You go there first. You try to understand that landscape. And then please, please know that there is tech that can monitor and alert you when your kids have encountered certain dangerous types of content and people, right? It's not just content. It's it's strangers. It's predators. They're there. It's disgusting. Sarah and I know way too much about that. Um, yeah. So, um, and, and don't think not my kid. Yes. Good kids make bad choices. They do. Yep. We made mistakes growing up. Our parents just didn't know about them. <laughs> I don't, fortunately. Yeah. I, some of the <laughs> biggest mistakes I ever made was when I was a teenager. And I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm still alive after doing that. Like, and thankfully we didn't have anything to document them except for maybe like a handheld camcorder, but that's maybe, right? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and those tapes, who knows where those are. I do have a tape of like my friends and I like tooling around town, like in like the grocery store and stuff with just like, and literally the camera is like this big. Yeah. But it couldn't go viral. So no, no, like I, nobody couldn't access that. So yeah, Yeah. super crazy. Um, So screen time, monitoring, be where your kids are, understand that whatever they're dealing with is magnified times 10 really big feelings and it's at an unprecedented level, like nothing we ever experienced. Yeah, for sure. And I love that. I've said that so many times, like be where your kids are sharing because it's so important, you know, so like with be real, you know, if your kids want be real, you get on be real, you post your be reels. I had a friend comment on my be real because like, you know, be reels are just dumb. Like most of them are right here in my, in my, in my computer space because I'm like always here and here I really um, am (laughs) I know this is me and my friend commented he's like are you just posting so you can see your kids be reels too (laughs) and I'm like basically that's all I'm doing is like I'm posting my be reels so I can see like my kids and my nieces and nephews like be reels but it's so important you know and it's an a chance for you and your child to spend some quality time together doing something that they're actually interested in, right? Like ask them to show you how or help you understand like, what does this mean? What is what is the snap map thing? And right. what's ghost mode? Oh, you should probably be in ghost mode. You know, it's yeah. like little, just little nuances that you're spending time together, always a win and you're learning and you're teaching. Yeah. And I like the learning aspect that you brought up because, you know, for me, you know, I'm 44. I don't understand Snapchat. Like, I just don't get it at all. So like, I had my niece, like, sit down with me and like, show me how to use Snapchat. Because like, that's just not something that comes naturally to me. And so same thing that really helps your kid like, hey, this is how to use that. Um, And it'll help you and it helps your kid and it helps build trust. And I just I love all of that. I love it too. Um, and I wish I could go back in time and like listen to this conversation yeah. <laughs> when my son was three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Right. But here we are. 
And lucky for all of you guys that are listening to this conversation now. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we've already talked about some of them. So I just yeah. want to make sure that like we didn't miss any, but what are some common mistakes parents are making when they're just handing over technology to their kids? Oh my gosh. All of all them. Yeah. All of them. If you give your child a device that can connect to the internet or heck, doesn't even have Wi-Fi access, but has LTE signal, right? Gives them connectivity without understanding it, implementing parental controls, time limits, and filters. Big mistake. Big mistake. It's like throwing them the keys to a Lamborghini being like, have fun. Don't right. get hurt. Don't hurt anybody. You know, yeah. don't, don't damage. I've never taught you how to drive, but go for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's the number one one mistake, right? Like you think your kids aren't going to make bad choices right away, or you think you'll know like, Oh, I'll know if my kid's in trouble. I'll know if there's a tricky person, you know, trying to talk to them. I'll know if their mental health is struggling. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Kids are really good at hiding things. Um, or maybe even they don't even know what they're encountering or feeling and they're confused. And then they don't want to tell you because guess what? They think you're going to freak out, take away their access, punish them. No kid wants that. So yeah, lots of mistakes parents are. <laughs> lots. Yeah, lots. for sure. I mean, and I think one mistake a lot of parents make that just aren't even realizing it is giving their kids an iPhone right off the bat. Um, because iPhones are so much more difficult to monitor, but they say like, I have an iPhone, we all have iPhones, so I'm just going to get my kid an iPhone. But I think that's going to be detrimental to them because of how Apple's operating system, you know, protects the privacy of its users, even if that privacy is for a 10 year old. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. If you have not already bought your child you know, their first starter phone or um, giving them, you know, a hand-me-down device, please, please do not give them an iPhone. It's not a good choice. It's not a good choice. And I'm not trying to be judgy. I've made that mistake as well. But Androids are a better option for children. They're safer for children. They're easier to monitor. They're easier for parents to manage. Even if you don't understand how to work an Android and you're an iPhone parent, Cool. It's not that hard. You just have to dedicate some time. Sarah and I can help you. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, Android phones, the Bark phone, do not get an iPhone, please. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like, that's the biggest mistake I see most parents making is just like, this is what I know. This is what I'm just going to give them. And they right. like, and then it's too late to take it back. You know, they just... <laughs> It is. I mean, it depends on your, your parenting style. And honestly, right. if your kid fears you or listens yeah. to you or not, and just how much right. friction you're willing to endure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's much easier to not give it in the first place than to dial it back. Yes, for sure. Um, so we've kind of talked about this a little bit already too, but like when implementing these parental controls and monitoring, how can we continue to improve the trust we have between the parent and teen? Because, you know, kids will be like, ah, this is a t total invasion of privacy. And, you know, you don't trust me. Like, why are you putting all this stuff on? Because you don't trust me. 
Well, that's why it's better to start earlier. Yeah. You know, when your kid is six, seven, eight, nine, and they're accessing certain family tech, you know, you can be like, hey, great, cool. We're going to learn how to use tech for good and and enjoy the positive aspects of it. But there's some dangers and there's some things I need to protect you against and limit access to. And, you know, as they grow and their maturity and responsibility, and as you have more and more candid conversations with them, you can dial back those restrictions and and let them have more and more. If you're a little late to the game, which I get it, right? Or maybe you've given too much and you're like, oh no, I didn't know all this. I need to dial it back. It yeah. can be a little harder. There's going to be some friction. But again, you are the parent. That is your job. I've had plenty of conversations with my son where I'm like, look, I made a mistake. I let you have TikTok before I should have. It's not good for you. I know you like it, but we're going to, we're going to, you know, remove it or we're going to severely limit the time you spend on it. Not because I'm a mean mom, but because it's not good for your brain. It's not good for your mental health, X, Y, Z. So right. it's okay to dial it back. And it's okay to admit that you made a mistake as a yes, parent. Yeah. You know, it to is. say, hey, you know, I, I didn't look into it good enough or I didn't do this. I didn't know. I'm, yeah, I didn't know. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to like, you know, I can see that it's doing X, Y, and Z. And like, so we need to like cut it back a little bit and, and, and retool what the approach is. Exactly. Exactly. It's no different than, you know, let's say there was a, a cereal that your kid loved and it was marketed as healthy and y'all were like, great. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh no, there's a recall or there's some ingredients yeah. in it that are bad for you. Like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I know you love this. We've got to not buy it anymore. Right. You know, people take away my cereal all the time and it drives me crazy. Like every time I find like a favorite cereal, I like know. it goes off the market. And I'm like, why are you taking away my Raisin Bran Extra? Why must you do this? Right. <laughs> so I get it. I get it, kids. They take stuff away from me too. <laughs> um, so speaking of these apps, what do you think are the most dangerous apps for kids today? Ooh, I love this question. Yeah. So um, I will say if your child wants the app called Kick or has the app Kick, just say no, delete it, remove it. I was at a presentation in Texas recently where a, an Internet Crimes Against Children unit detective was speaking about how Kick is the number one app and platform for child predators. Um you know, they might start talking to your kids on whatever platform they're on, but then they want to move that conversation to kick because it's encrypted, et cetera, et cetera. So the most dangerous app, kick, just say no, delete it. Outside of that, any app that allows for text-based communication with anybody online, there's a danger there. Um, There's a variety of dangers, whether it's access to misinformation or extremist content, um, violent content, cyberbullying, eating disordered related content, depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation. I mean, you name it, it's all there and it's everywhere. It's not just the obvious um, ones like TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, (laughs) Um, even YouTube on this platform right here that you're watching this, like there's some bad stuff for kids. So it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. 
Um, and I love what you mentioned about taking the conversation to a different platform, yeah. because that's something that a lot of parents don't realize is happening. You know, mm -hmm. they start a conversation with your kid on Roblox or in Among Us or, you know, on any sort of gaming. And then they're like, hey, what's your kick or what's your snap? And they take that conversation to a different platform. And that's where it gets super, super dangerous. And that's a good talking point to have with your kids. That's a big red flag. It's like, hey, yeah. if you are talking with somebody online that you don't actually know in real life right? and they want you to move the conversation to another place, please let me know. You're not in trouble. Yeah. You didn't do anything wrong. Right. But that's, that's a warning flag. That's a tactic that bad people use. Yeah. Um, so definitely – Agree with that. Kick for sure. Omegle, we see oh all gosh. the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's too many, Sarah. There's too many. There are too many. If you and don't know, Omegle is a platform where you go immediately into a live chat with a stranger. More often than not, they are nude. It is gross. It's so gross. Good. In fact, on their homepage, they have a disclaimer saying, predators are known to use Omegle. Please be careful. What? What? For real? Yeah. So back, I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time. So I always check out the new things or whatever. And so when Omegle used to be called chat roulette, yeah. um, that's what it used to be called. I checked it out. I literally went on the website and the very first thing I saw was a man's part. And I'm like, ah, like shut my laptop. It was like, well, never going back to that site again. But yeah, like literally had, first interaction, that was I it. had a similar instance. Uh, yeah. I won't even go into what it was, but it was right. not not what I was expecting. No. Not, no. not in the plan. And, yeah. And so the kids, what's interesting to me is they're like, you know, having a sleepover or doing whatever. They're just hanging out. They're going on here like as a joke. And that's like the draw. Like I – because. For me, I don't think kids were like, oh, let me go chat with like random strangers. They are like doing this because they think it's funny or whatever, yeah. you know, that these predators are on there, but it's just bad, bad, bad news. Like I'm surprised at how many kids are still going on the site. I mean, kids are bored, right? <laughs> right? They're telling us that. Yeah. They're bored in the house and they're in the house bored, always bored. Um, right. And I mean, I know if I was a kid and I had access to that, I, my curiosity would be piqued, right? Like yeah. it's kids don't need to feel ashamed for having curiosity and age appropriate sexual curiosity. Again, it's not about shaming. It's about educating right. them on how dangerous this can be and how, because sometimes it feels good and exciting, it can be addictive, which leads right. you down a path that makes it the, so that you're not able to have a healthy relationship with someone when you're older, you know, there's long-term yeah. ramifications for all of this short-term, whatever you call it. Yeah. That's what I really love about the book. Um, good pictures, bad pictures. Yes. Yeah. Is it really takes that shame out of it where you're like, yes. Hey, it's normal to be curious about this. Yeah. It's normal to like have interesting feelings when you come across this thing, but then you need to like tell your brain hey, this can lead to bad things. So like, let's just shut that down. Exactly. That's a, such a wonderful book. I recommend it every time I speak. Yeah, same. Um, so good. Call oh, and the dangerous apps. This is the other thing, what you yeah. touched on. Um, 
anything that has a chat. And so many things have a chat that you are like, would be blown away by. I know a lot of parents are surprised when they learn Pinterest has direct messaging or like, you know, they've the big, big news hubbubs about like Bible apps have direct messaging. There's Discord. so many. Yeah. Well, Discord is like all direct messaging. <laughs> yeah. Discord, um, you know, Roblox, Minecraft, Fortnite, yeah. like gaming consoles, right? Like right. they, they have live chat. You know, you have to proactively go in and, and turn some of those settings off. Right. Yeah. So like, so even if you don't like immediately think this is an application that has a chat where predators can reach my cat, my child, look into it. It probably does. I'm so glad you said that. And I want to lean into that a little bit more because yeah. you might think it's just a game. It's just a social media app. It's just a place to watch videos, YouTube. It's just a right. whatever. Every single platform is expanding its capabilities to compete with other platforms. So more often yeah. than not, it has the thing. It has right. the chat. You just don't know it. It has disappearing photos. It's not just Snapchat that has that anymore. Right. It has like a secret for my eyes only or vault section or private messages or friends only. Like they're all expanding their feature set to attract our children and us to spend more time in them. So yeah, it's really, again, not a matter of what, but what not. Right. And so that actually leads me to think about a lot of people. I, I always kind of laugh when parents say like, well, I'll never let my child have TikTok, but they can have Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the same thing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's exactly the same thing. Or like, or Snapchat, because Snapchat has disappearing messages. Okay, well, so does Instagram, you know? And so they're, they see these um, features of these really popular apps. And so then they implement those features into theirs, you know? So TikTok implements like Be Real features because Be Real is getting really popular, you know? And they all just kind of glom off each other. And like, it's all a mishmash of all the same things. Yeah, it, they're all the same. Even, I mean, you know, even, uh, you know, YouTube has shorts and right. LinkedIn has, it's like everything has everything now. They're all exactly. the same. Yeah. Pinterest even has the, like the reels and shorts and Can't we whatever you want to call them. People? Right. Come on. <laughs> you know, stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> like things are popular for a reason. Like I want to go to this site for this. I don't want like a mashup of like all the things. We need a we need a stop the feature creep campaign. Like yes. just oh, that's a great <laughs> be true to yourself. But right, right. It's another you story. Be you be <laughs> you. People will like you. <laughs> um. So I, I we kind of skipped over this in my questioning, but I want to bring it back. So kids, my son will even say this: like, okay, these monitoring tools is such an invasion of my privacy, or like when I ask for his, like, you know, I'm going to update Bark. Hey, I need your phone to update Bark. He's like nervous. I'm like, what are you so nervous about? Like, it's like, well, it's an invasion of privacy. I'm like, here, have my phone. I don't care. You know, <laughs> that's, that is a wonderful play. I bet there are many parents who would be hesitant to do that. But then what does that say about you? You know? <laughs> so um, that's an interesting tactic. I know not every parent is comfortable with that, but it's certainly a good one. Um, 
you know, what I say, especially when my son was younger and would push back on that, I would say, look, there's a reason why you don't live on your own yet. You don't have your own house or apartment with just one key to it. You are meant to live with an adult guardian and your tech needs to have some adult oversight. So you know, we're figuring this out together, but it's not just all you. It's just not. Right. Um, another tactic that I heard recently at a parent talk that I loved was, you know, a parent was saying how their child was really upset about, uh, you know, the parents wanting to have the passwords to everything. And so what they did as a family was everybody wrote all their passwords down to everything, put it in an envelope, sealed it. And they're like, hey, in case of emergency, in case we need to get into the things, here's where they are. But we're also not going to be going into everything. And you can look, you can go to this envelope and see, hey, it's still sealed. So I'm not prying, but it's just an important thing to have. So it's not easy. I love that. I do too. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I usually say too is nobody has privacy. You know, I've been like, I'm really obsessed. And I've talked about this a few times on my lives lately, but I'm obsessed with watching like live courtroom cases. Oh my gosh, me too. (laughs) Did you watch the Murdoch trial? Oh yeah, every minute. (laughs) Wow. Again, another conversation for another day, but wow. Yeah. But the amount of data that comes from your phone that is brought up in these trials, like somebody is always watching, whether it's going to be me or like the government or Or iCloud (laughs) or iCloud or the social media apps themselves, like your data is not private no matter what. And if you're going to do something online, you better believe I'm going to know about it so I can help you mitigate the damage. That is such an important point. I love that you brought that up. Um, and to your child, you know, hey, you're already giving all this information to all these entities that don't care about you. Right. I care about you. Yeah. I care about you. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's my like comeback for the privacy. I'm like, hey, hey, come watch this court case with me. Let's see everything that is coming out of their phone. And- well, not only that, but there's, you know, there are things, there are aspects of privacy you can give your child. Like, hey, when yeah. you need to use the restroom, sure. you shut the door. That's your time. I don't need yeah. to be a part of that. Um, yeah. You know, if there's, there are absolutely times when all of us as humans just deserve our safe spaces, our privacy. And it's okay for your kids to have that, but it's also a balance. Yeah. I always tell them you can have all the privacy you want with a pen and piece of paper behind your door. Like, Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And again, seal it up, put it in an envelope and you'll know it's safe. I haven't read yeah. it. It's yours. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's moving on to this topic, which okay. I, we might disagree a little bit, although I loved your take. Um, I, I saw it a while back, maybe like even a year ago on some legislation, but, mm-hmm. um, but what is your opinion? Like we might disagree just a little bit, but I liked your take it's okay. um, about government getting involved, like current legislation, Montana blocking TikTok, Utah, right. the state that I live in and our fun new social media laws. What do you, what do you think? And are, do we have better, better ways to approach this? We absolutely have a better way to approach it. It's called Sammy's Law, and it was introduced in California, and I believe um, it's coming in other states as well. 
But essentially, Sammy's Law is a more intelligent take on all the developments that are happening, you know, with the Kids Online Safety Act and, and other things that are happening, essentially making it so that apps are required to allow third-party parental controls to monitor them so that parents can actually do their job. So you don't need state to just say, okay, no kid can access this period, right? But if, you know, if the platform isn't doing a good enough job or the device isn't doing a good enough job of protecting your child, which why should they? They're not the parent. Let the parent be able to protect their kid. Um, So I do think there is room for legislative efforts to help protect kids and help empower families. Sammy's law is a wonderful one. I strongly support that. Um, Um, Your explanation of that, I I don't disagree completely. That is exactly what should be implemented. Yeah. Yeah. Let parents protect. And then another, another thing that I think is very important is that right now, big tech, they have too many protections, right? They're not incentivized to do more because it doesn't, they're not getting hit where it hurts. If certain legislation uh, passes that allows parents like you and me to sue them and go after them when our children have been hurt by things that they could have stopped. That's also a development I think that needs to happen. You know, if, if sure. back to the cereal thing, right? <laughs> you eat cereal. I'm taking my cereal. Yeah. If you eat cereal that has E. coli, like you can go after that cereal manufacturer for being irresponsible with your health right now. Right. You can't do that with social media. That needs to yeah, change. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So like, cause my feelings on the Utah law is that it's terrible. Um, but like I broke, um, so I broke, I had, I will be doing like a whole video, but I literally like printed out the law and like marked it up and everything. Um, but the main thing is like half of the stuff you can already do with parental controls. So why is the government telling me how to parent my my child? You know, like it's got a curfew. So like kids can't, kids over under 18 can't get on social media after 10 PM or something like that. Like just ridiculous things where I'm like, I can already do that. So you don't need to like legislate that. Um, and then the, like the biggest glaring thing for me was that um, the language of the law is trying to define what a social media app is. Hmm. And half of them, like, let me even try and find one. Um, Yeah, so like I went through like all the exclusions and I'm like, okay, this could exclude Snapchat. This could exclude like Roblox. This could exclude Instagram, you know? And I'm like, the the language isn't specific enough to like exclude the most problematic applications. And I'm like, so what are you even trying to do with this? Well, I have not combed through uh, <laughs> Utah's law like you have. Um, I'm in Utah, so I am a little more invested. But... I get it. And that's impressive. And I it takes empowered, concerned, intelligent citizens like you to actually make impactful change. Most yeah. parents aren't, you know, aren't doing that. And if anything, legislators should maybe be mandating like curriculum in schools that teaches 
children about the sort of thing and maybe yes. mandatory classes for parents. Like, Hey, before you give your kid a smartphone, you need to learn these things, right? Like, yeah, you know, parents, like, whether it's CPR certification or whatever, like there's some things we all need to know, right? Yeah. This is part of it. Yeah. And one thing I thought would like after, so I had a conversation um, alive with officer Gomez, which was oh, awesome. I yes. had such a great time, but it really made me think that, you know, aside from like a law like this, that I don't think will do anything that doesn't help anything, what the government can do that is not overreach is eliminate phones in schools. Like, you can, you have that power. The government controls the public school system. Like that's where you can really make a difference is by not allowing schools to like allow the kids to use their phones. They can have them with them, like, but they would get in trouble if they tried to use it. And I think that's where the government can really make a difference by like helping curtail that. So the teachers don't have to deal with it and all of that. Kids don't need phones in schools. Yeah. Schools have phones. You right. go to the front office, you use the phone, you call your parents the end. I just like, <laughs> come on. I'll never yeah. forget. I was asked to speak to a group of eighth graders about social media. And I'm like, they could probably tell me more about it, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm in this classroom. They're all on their phones while I'm talking to them. For and sure. I'm at the teacher and I'm like, what is that? First of all, this is like rude. Like I'm, should I leave? Like, I'm like, my feelings are hurt. Like, yeah you know, are they allowed to have their phones out in class? And she's like, oh, that ship has sailed. Good luck trying to control it. And I'm like, no, that is not okay. Not okay. And if I was in, if I was in eighth grade and I had a smartphone, there's no way I would be able to learn or pay no. attention. I, there's, I, I would retain nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, that's where the government can really make a difference, I think, because you have control over public schools. You can do this. Like, and this, like putting a curfew on my kid's Instagram, like that's not going to help anything. So like, I I think laws like that Sammy's law, I love like, yes, because the social media companies can do so much more to allow third parties more access. So the parents can choose, not the government telling me how to do it. Yeah. Let parents protect. Yeah. I don't expect you Snapchat to effectively parent my child, but I do expect you if you're going to utilize my child uh, to generate revenue to let me be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to look more into Sammy's law because that sounds awesome. I, something I could totally get behind. Uh, So anything else you want to talk about with like government and all of that? No, honestly, because it's just (laughs) like, just support Sammy's law. Yeah. Support Love Sammy's it. law. Yeah. Yes. So I'll put a link, like I'll put a link to whatever resources yeah. we have um, for that in the description here. Yeah. You um, know, and just circling back to that real quick, when yeah, that does come up for like national approval, like I will be reaching out because we're going to need to rally every parent, you know, much yeah. like it took concerned citizens to put warning labels on cigarettes and remove lead from gasoline and paints. It's going to take parents like us to make social media safer. Yeah, absolutely. And so that reminds me though, like 
so I marked up this law and everything, right? And I have somebody who like knows all of the like news outlets here. And I said, hey, I really want to talk about this, you know, on the news here. And he pitched it and nobody would take it. And I was so annoyed. I'm like, are you kidding me? No one wants to like go against the governor on this because this isn't going to help. And it's just a like, hey, we're doing something for the kids. And, and nobody would talk to me about it. I got so angry about it. But like, so, but something like Sammy's Law, like hopefully that's something we can like get behind and people will be like, oh, okay, this is something that actually can help. Exactly. Yeah. Laws that actually work. Right. It's a novel idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in your job at Bark, I really wanted to hear about maybe a couple, like, like we were saying, the not my kids syndrome. Right. Is there a story or two that have just like super blew your mind, surprised you of like what happened in the scenario? Like you never would have guessed that came up and it blew your mind. There's every day. Every single day, you know, Bark helps to protect over 6.7 million children across the nation. And so you can imagine the amount of alerts that we're sending Um, and not even just general alerts, but the severe alerts, Um, you know, every single day we are sending between 85 and 100 severe self-harm and suicidal ideation alerts each day. We have parents who receive those and after they have dealt with, you know, the immediate danger have emailed us and said, thank you. Bark saved my child's life. We didn't know that my, our children were even struggling until Bark brought it to our attention. So those obviously resonate very deeply with us. Um, There are, you know, there are predators contacting our children, trying to meet up with them in real life or extort them for photos and videos. Thankful that we're able to, to take part in protecting them, you know, and it's not just, I mean, there, there was a case of a predator across the ocean trying to contact children, uh, young children, it, through their school-issued devices and accounts that were able to step. I mean, it's things like that, right? Wow. Um, school shooting threats, credible ones that were prevented because of bark alerts. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Well, and I even, the severe alerts, I read one it might have even been a year ago in the parenting in a tech world Facebook group where she said they, she got a phone call from Bark yeah. and was able to like save her child. There was like an immediate danger. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is just crazy. Yeah. The, in the most severe uh, cases where they get escalated, um, you know, if, if, if our emergency response team becomes aware that a child is in immediate danger. Um, We'll go to every length possible to get in contact with somebody who can help them immediately because it's it's heartbreaking. It is. Um, The other thing that like I loved that Bark put out is that um, the video of the like. Oh, the predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, we we went undercover as That's, a yeah, I'm like I'm like, you know, when the when the yeah, face is like when you turn an adult into a kid and attract right. predators and then escalate them to law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. That that was some heavy stuff. Um whew, that video got like 
18 million views on YouTube. It's yeah. still um, still gaining traction. And it's just it's just the sick reality of the internet. They're out there. And on a, on a sobering note, because that's, you know, predator hunting is, it's content that people like to watch, right? It's intriguing. It's exciting. Oh, sure. It's whatever. Um, but the, the devastating reality is that sextortion is on the rise and there aren't enough law enforcement professionals trained in this sort of crime to go get rid of all of the criminals that are out there right now. There's too many of them yeah. engaged in this. And so we really need to work harder to empower and educate kids, protect them, speaking of laws, enact laws that protect kids more so than predators. And um, we just, we've got to do better by our kids. Yeah. Like that video is so eye-opening on how quickly it can happen, how quickly they can find your kids like, it's just really eye-opening. I, I definitely made my kids watch it with me. Um, like, it's, I think it's a really important video. And then you guys have that Childhood 2.0 video, which I just saw you guys, like, broke out some, like, yes. marks or, like, chapters for that. Um, I have a whole reaction video to the, um, to Childhood 2.0. But I think you. that's a great video for people to watch, too, where they can kind of see, even from a teen's perspective, like, what is happening in, in their day-to-day -day lives. I am eternally grateful to the brave teenagers who shared their candid stories with the directors of Childhood 2.0 because it gives all of us insight into what they're really dealing with. You know, I don't, my son and I have an amazing relationship, but to get him to open up to me like that, it's very hard, you know, yeah. and I get it. I, I, you know, I now will talk to my parents about things, but right. when I was 14, no. <laughs> yeah. So um, highly recommend Childhood 2.0, free documentary on YouTube and other streaming channels that you should absolutely watch. You should absolutely watch. It's too important not to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of that, dang it, I had something and now I'm like, it'll come oh, back. It'll, it's gone. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, definitely awesome videos on Bark's um, YouTube channel. So definitely check those two out. Oh, it was the talking to the kids. Oh, so in my conversation with Officer Gomez, we were just talking about sextortion. Oh. And um, in talking to him, it blew my mind as to like kids who fall for it and then fall for it again. And so this is what he was telling me. Like there was a kid in his school who, you know, they get the like random text message. Hey, like I, I met you here. And then you're like, oh, it's the wrong number. And then like, oh, whoops, it's the wrong number. I'm going to like, you know, and then they start sending you like nude pictures or whatever. Like, and then like a teenage boy is like, oh, sweet, you know, and then sends that. And then they get extorted because they've sent inappropriate pictures and he said, so a kid in his school fell for it. They like resolved it, like, you know, whatever. And then he fell for it again. Like that just like shows you these kids, like they don't have the fully formed frontal cortex to like figure out, hey, even though I know that this some is something can happen, even though I've fallen for it before, 
Yeah. Like I'm doing it again. That's that's heartbreaking. Honestly, it's heartbreaking. But it goes to show you that good, smart, loved children make bad choices. They make mistakes. The frontal lobes of their brain, which is responsible for decision-making and rational thinking, is not fully formed. It's not their fault. They are not capable of those those good choices all the time until they're in their early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's it, like, you know, so these conversations, you can still, you can sit down with them. You can watch Childhood 2.0. You can have all of these conversations, but you still need to check up on them and make sure that like they're not falling for things like that, even though they know better. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Privacy, kids, social media, We've kind of covered a lot of bases already. We have covered a lot of bases. Um, I think just don't feel like you have to go at it alone. Give yourself some grace. It can be hard. It can be overwhelming. But Sarah is here. I'm here. Bark is here. If we don't have the answer for you, we'll find somebody who does. You know, we're here to help. You don't have to do this alone. And it's going to be okay. <laughs> Smile. Yeah. <laughs> Smile. I've got Disneyland going on. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Like even when people ask me questions where it's not necessarily my expertise, like I am, I come from an IT background. I've been in IT for 20 years and, you know, somebody asked me a question about like, um, you know, health about like, you know, electronic em emitting things. And oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, actually, not my area, but I know this Instagram account shares a lot of information about that. So, you know, go check with her. And, you know, so if we don't know the answer, we can point you in the right direction. Like we have a, enough of a pulse on the, you know, area to know like who's talking about what and who's got the best answer for that. Exactly. Yeah. We, um, we have a good network of people that are in this world all the time and, and, here to help. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. So you can follow Titania on um, Instagram. It's just at Titania.Jordan or just Titania Jordan. All at Titania all. Jordan. Yeah. Aren't many, aren't many people out there with my name. So yeah. <laughs> easy to find. I know Sarah. Like there was always like five other Sarahs in my class at any given time. <laughs> and but only one family tech. Only one family tech is true. I am family tech on all social media platforms. So nice. I know I, I nailed that handle. Like, and then anytime a new social media platform like comes out, I, I log in and like get my family tech. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good I'm like, I don't know if this platform is going to go anywhere, but I've got my handle. So. Mastodon check. <laughs> right. Done and done. So awesome. Thank you so much uh, for chatting with us. Uh, I have links to Bark if you want to install that already in the description, but um, we'll put some links to Childhood 2.0 to that, um, that Predator video, which is super amazing. Um, and then also links to that Sammy's Law. So um, we'll have all the resources for you. If you need anything else, you know, feel free to send us a question, send Tanya a question or whatever you want. So Thank you so much for taking your time out of your awesome day in Los Angeles. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all that you do to educate and empower. And um, yeah, let's keep, keep doing what we do. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you.
拜。